Hi, my name is Soli. And my name is Shafali. And welcome to the Why Not Health podcast. Why Not Health is an organization of students working to increase awareness surrounding underrepresented health issues in Southeast Asia. We'll be having open and honest conversations about everything, including consent culture to body shaming and eating disorders. We're super excited to shed light on the differences between health in Southeast Asia and the United States, and we hope you'll join us. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Anushka, Soli, and Nancy. And today we're going to be talking about social media and its impact on our lives. So I think I want to start off by talking about social media and kind of its impact on young people's body image. So the first question I have for you guys is, how do you think social media and influencer culture has changed the way you perceive your body and like your overall image of yourself? I think for me, at least, it's made me more aware of what my body looks like constantly. Like I'm constantly like, oh, I wish my waist was smaller. I wish my butt was bigger. And like, if this is crazy, but like, I'll be like walking down a street and you know how like the side of a building will be reflected. I'll look at myself in the mirror and be like, I need to suck my stomach in. I need to stand up straighter. And I feel like that's very common because I see so many people doing it. And it's absolutely crazy how like aware we are of our body 24-7. Dude, I feel it's kind of sucks that I'm scared of the fact that there are mirrors everywhere these days. Reflective services are so scary because you can't help but look at yourself and then pinpoint out what's wrong with your body. It's kind of like the shirt today makes me look a little bit fat or like the shorts today makes my legs a little bit shorter. Like it's everything. It's always a constant criticism. You know, it's a, it's, it's an ongoing, ongoing torture basically. Also with social media, um, I don't like the way that I've become more conscious of my body because with social media, there's always new like body standards coming out. Like for example, I was never aware of hip dips before it became big, but then when people brought it to like my awareness, I became self-conscious over it. And I don't like how social media brings out and like social media and influencers bring out new body parts that I wasn't self-conscious of before. Yeah, totally. Like when Kylie Jenner first got her lips done, I didn't notice that I had thinner lips than other people. And now I'm like, I wish I had bigger lips. And I don't know if you guys remember, this was like 2013, maybe 2012 Tumblr era when like the thigh gap was in and I didn't have a thigh gap. And I remember all the girls would compare themselves during like lunch and see who has a thigh gap and who doesn't have a thigh gap. Like now, when you think about it, how like, toxic that was for like a 13 year old girl to like be thinking about it's it's literally crazy and now that's not even the standard it's just constantly changing I think with TikTok and everything we're coming back to like a full circle from the like tumblr thinspo to it's like back onto TikTok because everyone's obsessed with like diet culture and eating and I've been seeing so many TikToks that's like oh um like bodies that look like this also look like this and bodies but it's it's always the skinniest people and I'm like this is not accurate like your body doesn't it looks good even when it's like out I mean yeah like all bodies look good and I I think also like with social media like kind of like Soli was saying if you you know like I feel like for events we always have to be taking pictures everyone wants to put everything on social media but then it just kind of becomes into like this whole like 
picture taking session and I feel like I'm like oh my god will I get a good picture for this event like I'm stressed like oh my god it's my birthday I gotta take a good picture and if I don't like I feel like invalidated which is really bad (laughs) no but it's true like me and my roommate will have days where we dress up just to take pictures so we can post it on Instagram like that's so like think about that five years ago that's weird now that's normal everyone does it oh you get dressed up with your friends to go take pictures on like some random like cute artsy aesthetic wall now see we do that and we would do that pretty often too but oftentimes we end up not posting any of them because we don't feel satisfied with how we look and I think it's kind of sad that we care so much about what other people think that even though we all dress up nice and in the moment we think like when I look at my friends I think wow they look really good but then when we look at our own photos we end up thinking like let's not post this today actually let's not post it ever let's just keep it in our camera roll and when we do that it just it makes me kind of sad because not only is it a waste of time but it always ends up kind of bringing the mood down as well like after the photo shoot and everything and also we always try to edit these photos like now that these photos you know now that we have the camera that has that function to make our legs look longer or like our waist look extremely just unnaturally thin we use these functions and we kind of like try to make ourselves look more or closer to what we think everyone else out there wants to look at and we will you know and the funniest thing is like unknowingly or subconsciously we seek for these validations as well when we post these photos and if someone out there posts things like looking hot looking cute like you know wow like great bot like we feel so happy about it and we, we do all these things just to get these comments as well. And it's really sad. Oh, definitely. And I think sometimes when you post pictures, you might think, oh, I look really cute. And then you don't get the amount of likes you've done on your last post. Like, I'll be like, I got 250 likes on that post, but I only got 220 here. What's wrong? Why didn't this photo get more likes? It's crazy. Yeah. I definitely agree with so many of these things, which is like, it's also so scary that we all feel this way, which makes me think, you know, like Instagram culture is really not the best for anyone's mental health. You know, like I think it affects different people differently to different extents, but it definitely has an impact on all of us. And I I feel like there's been a shift in like trying to make Instagram casual again. So it's not as much about like filtering pictures and like um, making everything look really staged. But I also think like people are trying to look casually like great which is like a whole other thing. But this kind of goes into the next question that I have, which is like, how do you think the culture of social media, specifically Instagram, which we've talked about a lot, has shifted in the last five years or like since you've been in college and like high school? I've actually had Instagram since a very young age. I've had it since fourth grade. And right now I'm a freshman in college. So it's been like nine years since I've had Instagram and (laughs) yeah I've had because my my older cousins downloaded for me when it first came out and then at that time I didn't really know of any like social media in there weren't any social media influences on Instagram at that time or at least that I was aware of as a fourth grader so like over time they just 
because when I first got it, um, a lot of the influencers were more on Tumblr. And so it wasn't really in like the domain of Instagram, so I wouldn't really see them. But then as time went on, like they just kept on popping up, like all these beautiful girls kept on popping up, all these nice photos, people grew to be more conscious of what they posted because I would say that in like the earlier years of Instagram, a lot of the photos were a lot more casual. Like they weren't really, it was more like photos of places, photos of food, but now it's photos of yourself, how you want others to perceive your like physical appearance. Also like how you show yourself to others as well as your friends. And so because of that, it's just always, I feel like the change for Instagram from before versus now, it became a lot more toxic where it's not just showing your everyday life to your friends and family, but it's more like showing yourself off. Yeah, definitely. I think it's much more performative than it was previously. I also think like we, we, forget the function of taking pictures you know taking pictures doing things like video recording it's a way to keep the memory alive it's a way to for us to remember about a specific moment that makes us happy I mean that's how I've always remember or I've always thought about you know the function of photo taking now that's not the same anymore which is crazy we no longer focus on when we're the happiest. It's not that genuine moment of which when we are the happiest that we want to share with the world. It's that moment that we think the rest of the world feels like we are the happiest that we want to show off, which is, you know, it's not doing its job anymore. And I, I, I think that influencers out there, right? There are many, many influencers and, every influencer has a way to influence the world and their way of influence the world is, you know, up to them to decide on whether that's a, a good way or not. I just think that for us as teenagers, as people, as girls, as boys in the 20s, to take that as the standard of living and to take that as, you know, uh, uh, the norm to look up to, that's problematic because we we really are not showing off our happiness. We're not sharing anything that's like, we want to share. It's more like, we want, we need the likes, we need the clicks, we need the, the comments. That's toxic, I think. I think it's so funny how you said it's about like, it should be about happiness because I literally two days ago had a photo shoot with my friends. We got dressed up to take pictures. And that morning I literally got a text from a guy saying, yeah, I don't think us were working out right now. And then right after, happy face, smiling, taking photos. <laughs> and I'm going to post those pictures because they were cute. But <laughs> but was I actually happy? No. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's no, so... no, no. Don't feel bad. It's not even that big of a deal. It's just so funny that that's exactly what you were talking about, how it seems like happy in the moment or in the picture, but it's not. Okay, I'm so glad you brought this up because I want to segue this into another Oh my God, problem. I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say, Nancy. Go ahead. The area of concern that we need to address, 
validation from men when it comes to body image. Okay, I, I'm just going to put the topic out there. I let the girls in the house take over. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, my God. Okay. I feel like everyone after they like get out of a relationship breakup, they're like, hot girl face, hot girl face. I need to put this on Instagram. Like, hot girl vibes. And, like, I've been there, too. Like, I also want to show, like, oh, my God, I'm thriving on Instagram after I broke up with someone. Like, oh, my God, I'm doing great. And I feel like, you know, that's good. I think that is good. For, you know, for yourself, you want to feel good and look good, but I also think it's not good to do it for a man and to show that you're thriving through Instagram. I feel like a lot of people feel this way. They're like, oh, I need to show my ex that I'm like doing better and like, oh, use a thirst trap to get back at him. But like, no, like, I think you just like look nice for yourself. <laughs> and I think we forget that a lot of the time. Yeah. No, it's definitely true. Like, honestly, like if my friends say I look pretty, it doesn't this is it won't mean as much as if a guy says it because we're always constantly looking for male validation I think being on dating apps has made me like so um immune to male validation like they all just like say you're pretty and I'm like I don't even care anymore I actually think like the female gaze is something that is so much better and more empowering like I saw that I saw this one TikTok where this girl was like oh I'm like pretty but not in the way that men find me pretty but the way that girls find me pretty and I was like wait that is so true like I feel like when we dress up on the on Instagram and like wear really cute outfits and stuff like men don't really care about that shit like they're just like oh she's pretty or whatever but girls are the ones like oh my god that's a cute outfit like cute shoes like you know what I mean I think I I I actually really hate dating apps the reason is because we are allowing other people to, how do I say this? We are allowing other people to judge us through images that we post on those apps. Like we are a whole deal. It's more than just butt and boobs and waist and hair and skin tone. It's everything in between and included. And it's the whole package. But, you know, dating apps reduce us to just that. And only through talking will you know one person well enough to really know the person is really pretty in and out. And it's so sad that everything these days is, kind of like quantified off the very visual image that you get in front of you and like circling back to men validation I think it's just I don't know I I I think it's just so sad that sometimes we want to change a certain way to abide to you know our partner's need and want kind of like oh our partner wants bigger boobs likes bigger you know likes booties like and therefore we kind of like try to change our image to fit that criteria or category or another another thing I've like heard often is um okay since I'm Asian I'll just make it very specific Asian male likes girls who are thin extremely kind of like tone thin that like ideal range right and girls who are not within the ideal range and still want to date an Asian man would try to get themselves to that ideal body type thinking okay if I get to the ideal body type then the men that hit on me will be the Asian men and you know you I don't I think that's so toxic it's just so hard but it's it's a reality that most girls are facing right now I think also 
dating apps make people feel like extremely aware of how they're being perceived by other people. Um, I don't, I, on Tinder, they have this thing where it's like, if you swipe right on a person and they're like a really attractive person or they'll be like, oh, this person's hot. Like a ton, a ton of people are swiping on them. I'm like, oh my God, why is this like a function? And also, um, I, Anushka was the one who told me about this, how like the people they put in your like feed on Tinder are like people that they believe to be like the same level of attractiveness as you. Like there's an algorithm for all this shit. Like they, they are like rating people and like looking at the way that other people are swiping on you and like figuring out your like attractiveness on a scale. So it's like this whole other form of like rating people's images just through another app, like a different form, you know? I feel with dating apps, sometimes not all people use it for dating. Like I have a friend in particular who I love with all my heart and she always ends up going back to Tinder for some reason, just for male validation, even though she's not looking for a relationship whatsoever. And I always tell her that because for me, I feel like I've been fortunate enough to not seek male validation just because like I've never really had much interaction with males in general because that's just how my family raised me more with like the females and the male side. But for, so it's kind of interesting seeing how much like male validation affects her. And it's something that I kind of, I try to speak with her about it to like show her that you don't really need to keep going back to Tinder for this. Like if you need, I'll give you validation that you need. So I'm always like praising her every time I see her. But then she, she tells me that it doesn't hit the same way. That's so sweet of you. But also I, I've definitely heard my friends say the same thing. I feel like I've used dating apps because I'm bored, but not, not as much for like male validation because a lot of the people are creepy. I don't really want their validation. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely heard people say like, it's it's not the same, like they want it from a man. And I always wonder like, what, what makes their validation so significant? Like they're just kind of random people on the internet. You know what I mean? So where does this need for that validation come from? Like, I wonder if it is from social media, like making us so, um, you know, aware of like likes and comments and like, you know, making us, um, used to that kind of validation and instead of like things in person and getting validation from the people you love and people you actually know instead of you know a lot of followers that you have that you might not even know yeah that's an interesting comment you said validation from people we love now even that's problematic because getting validation from my mom is something that i will never hear right? Getting validation from, you know, my dad, something I will probably never hear. But does that mean I am not, you know, a precious person with a beautiful body that I should still love? I still think that it's something that, you know, we, we, it's my body. I, I, theories out there say that I still should love it, but it's so hard to love it when your own mom doesn't like it. And this is the truth, you know, your Asian moms, will always tell you, eat less, you know, you're eating too much, right? Eat less chocolate, right? And don't eat after six or something like that. And, and then they will still feed you. And then they will still say you're fat. And they will say things like, look at your cousin. Your cousin is so, you know, thin and attractive and all athletic. What's wrong with you? Like, work out to be like that. I, I just, I don't know, mom, you need to choose one thing, you know, it's just this or that. You can, it cannot be both. It's, it's a little bit too hard here. 
Like, yeah. Even even validation from the people you love can also be problematic. Yes, I think you bring up a good topic, Nancy, that I also wanted to talk about today. Is kind of like body image, you know, in Asian and like Southeast Asian culture, which is you know because we live in America, it's it's our parents who are putting those standards on us. Like like you said about how your mom like you, she wants to feed you so much, but she also wants you to be skinny. I this is definitely something that I feel like in Indian households. Actually, like whenever we go to India or even just people's houses in in America who are like you know Indian. I don't really know like the first thing that will comment on is me and my sister's weight like oh my goodness like you've lost so much weight like have you been eating or like oh my god you've gotten like so much plumpier now and like it's just it's so strange to me that you can comment on someone's weight that you barely know and like that's like the first thing you have to say about them like not even how are they doing and like you know how are they feeling it's just their their body image and I feel like that makes us so hyper aware of how we look when we go and see relatives and family, and I I really don't like that. I, yeah, I, I don't know if you guys have experiences with that too. Yeah, I think I definitely relate to that, uh, especially like going to Indian Indian stuff, just like you, Shafali. Mine's um not exactly about weight, but more about skin color, because I'm like in my family, I'm significantly darker than everyone else, and every time I'd go to India, there's a pro- skin bleaching product in India called Fair and Lovely. I don't know if you've ever I've heard of that. But every time I would go to India, they'd be like, put some fair and lovely on, put some fair and lovely on, lighten your skin, you're so dark. And I think that's so toxic and damaging. Like my whole life, I was like, I need to be lighter, I need to be lighter. Why don't I look like everyone else in my family? I'm so much darker than them. And I think that that plays into the colorism aspect that I think affects a lot of Asian countries. Oh my goodness, about this, um, in high school, I went to prom with someone, and after we took the photos, he told me that his parents said, like, oh my god, she's so dark, like, you went to prom with her, she's so dark, and they're like, oh, she's South Indian, and I was, like, actually, like, so shook, because, like, so many Indian people are dark, like, we're brown, which is so weird to me, but even, I think about that comment now, and I'm like, I, I really wasn't much darker than that guy, so, like, <laughs> I don't know why his parents were like, she is so dark. I think it's it's also another thing. It's just like the women, it's always about the women being lighter skin. I've never seen um, bleaching products in India being targeted towards men, now that I think about it. Yeah, my mom has given me like brightening facial products since middle school. And they've always like, my mom and my aunts, they gossip, not really gossip, but they try to come up with ways to make me lighter using different ingredients so I around like early in high school they one of the food products ingredients DIY I don't I don't know but um like they would give me milk and a cotton pad and I would just dab it around my face because apparently it makes you lighter and so this was me they're telling me this as like a ninth grader and I just grown up with this idea that being light correlates to being prettier and especially like for me like southeast asian culture that's so that's so relatable that it's sad it's kind of like something that i remember so i'm originally from um california and in california i'm outside i'm in this you know under the sun all the time so i do have a more tan skin tone and for Southeast Asians, especially for Vietnamese, we love looking 
pale white. Like it's, I don't know what about looking pale white is so attractive, but looking pale white will score you more points at dinner parties with relatives and cousins and grandfathers and uncles that you don't really talk to, but you know, being pale, it's a good thing. So when I moved to the East Coast and I'm stuck at my, in my house forever, no sun, everything, of course I become pale. And we're talking ghostly pale at this point. We're talking not healthy. We're talking deficient of vitamin D. And I go, so I will fly back to California and people were like, oh my God, you're looking so white and pale. Like you score no man, you score man in, you know, in no time. I'm like, that's a bad sign that I'm looking this pale, but they don't really care. They care that I look, you know, whiter and paler and like a ghost. So. Yeah, that's so relatable. Did you guys hear growing up when you're playing outside, stay in the shade? I would yeah. hear that all the time. I used, I played golf growing up. So my dad would be like, when you're going to the ball, go underneath the trees, stay underneath the trees. Don't go in the middle of the fairway or else the sun will hit you. Make sure you're wearing your hat so that you can protect your face. You like, know what's funny? Like, yeah. they, should be talk they should be telling us about skin cancer. Like, like yes, like you put yeah, on some literally. sunscreen, right? Like that's the dangerous part. No, no one cares. It's just about the shade, which I think is just... Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. The sunscreen was so you wouldn't get darker, not so you wouldn't get cancer. <laughs> so true. So true. Wait, I, I actually have a, I have something on this thought though. Oh, on the topic of like comments from loved ones and kind of like validations from loved ones, I would have to say that for girls out there, your partner, right? I don't know for you guys, but your the partner that you want to spend your time with should be a partner that can appreciate your body the way you appreciate your body. Like your partner should not be pushing you to change a certain way. Like he or she should not be commenting on how you should change your eating diet just so you can look a certain way. I think your partner should be someone who can help you to change your diet culture or diet habits to make you healthier. I think that's something that we can, you know, value from a partner. But a partner that's going to comment on your thigh gap, comment on how you should like lose some pounds, put on some more weight to look a certain way, that's a major red flag that we need just to get rid of in our lives. But agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I think before that, though, you yourself need to appreciate your body. You need to learn to love your body and, and every curve and everything about yourself before you can have that partner, I think. Mm -hmm. Something that I want to ask on this topic, though, is that some, some um, realistic issue that most girls struggle with is knowing how to love your body. I, okay, honestly, I want us to ask a general question. How's, how's the journey? To loving your body has been like I feel like if we feel comfortable sharing our journey to loving our body I think that will be something that's going to be really helpful and useful for the audience I think I can share a little bit I think when I was younger I used to be very like I don't I wouldn't say like super obsessive but I, I really wanted I think I really wanted to be skinny I like became vegan when I was in eighth grade and I was also running cross country and swimming at the time, but I, I really, really wanted to be skinny. And I also noticed that I had a thigh gap and I wanted to keep that, which like, I don't even know why that was considered like 
like beautiful at that point because it's just like space in between your legs like it's it's empty space um yeah and then I think when I went to high school I like obviously you just gain more weight naturally because you just do and I did like I gained a lot of, I didn't gain a lot of weight but like na- it's all natural weight um as you do when you get older and I think I realized like limiting what I eat so much and like working out to to look a certain way does, just doesn't make me feel good and so I, I really I try to work out sometimes but I realize like working out to look good and eating a certain way to look good is never enough motivation for me because I like care too much about my insides and how I feel more and I also think I just it's, it's I don't even know I think it just comes with time and just like if you keep looking at yourself and just accepting yourself the way that you are I think I'm I try to like look at myself and just be like oh here I am instead of like being like oh you could be skinny you could have a flatter stomach you could look like this person on Instagram yeah and I think also realizing that social media for so many people is a highlight reel and no one really looks like that in real life I mean some people do but not most people really don't yeah I think it is definitely a journey and like for everyone it doesn't really end I think like obviously you're not going to be 100% all the time like you'll have your good days and your bad days but I think it's just like appreciating yourself for what you are in the moment I think I had like a I think I had a toxic relationship with my body for a long time, especially in like high school and a little bit coming into college as well. Like I wouldn't like looking at myself in the mirror. Like I would just hate looking at my body, especially like if I was naked, I would, I could not do it. Um, I think for me, I thought my body was like so weird. Like I was like, nobody has this kind of body. I th- also, because I think where I went to high school, a lot of people were very skinny, much skinnier than me. It was a very like, it was a very like Asian demographic. I'm Asian myself, but like, I think a lot of Asian girls and guys are tend to be skinnier and smaller. So like comparing myself to that, was very hard. And I think I, I honestly just started forcing myself to look, forcing myself to look in the mirror. And like, I would look at it and I'd be like, you know what? Like, I look good. I don't look bad. There's nothing weird about me. And I just, kind of told myself that a lot and I would wear clothes that I felt confident and I felt pretty in and I think over time that's definitely helped me I I don't think like I'm perfect now in the sense of like how I view myself but I think I've improved exponentially like I'm not scared of looking at myself in the mirror I look at myself and say yeah I have a little bit of a tummy but it's cute you know (laughs) I think for me um my body mindset right now is a lot better than my body mindset like let's say a year ago and I think it's mainly because I've I'm dorming right now and I'm away from my family because as much as I love them a lot of my toxic mentality surrounding my body comes from my family members because they tell me these comments out of love and care for me and even though I tell them like hey I'm very communicative with my with my mom like with my aunts and I tell them that you know like your comments towards me they make me feel bad about myself and there were times in college especially last year where I know that it's out of love for me but I can't help myself from trying to starve my like miss a couple meals from time to time and I think it got to a point once where it was like during summer and I was also a volleyball athlete so I would be practicing like four hours a day and I would not be eating for like three days. And then that's when 
my mom started to actually get concerned that her comments were not actually helping me and my mentality. And I think ever since then, she's been more conscious with her comments and just my family in general. And because of that point in time, because I don't hear these comments from them anymore, it's not like my body has changed since then. It's just that not hearing comments from other people has made me more confident in myself and also staying away from like social media and just staying home, not thinking about what other people think about me has been helping my mentality and like my journey to loving myself more. Yeah, um, I think like Anushka, I have a very complicated history with my body. Um, so I'm a swimmer, I, I grew up swimming and therefore I've always been a little bit more muscular than other people. Um, I, yeah, I've always been a bit stronger, always been a little bit more muscular and I exercise a lot as a kid. So I do have just natural muscles growing up. And at a certain point where I no longer exercise at the frequency and intensity that I did before, my muscles kind of atrophy. It's just not no longer as tight as it before, but it's still there. And that I put on a lot of weight going into you know high school. And I remember hating my body. I really just detested it. I ref I I think Anushka, the fact that you can still look in the mirror is major, major, a major step. I couldn't even look into the mirror. I remember avoid I avoided all you know, I avoid looking in the mirror. I hate going to swim practice because swim practice always has like that mirror section where you change and then it will, it will reflect your body. And I'm like, I dis this is so disgusting. Um, and that led to a very toxic relationship with food. And this is a part where I'm gonna talk a little bit about eating disorder if we're I mean, I'm comfortable sharing, but if you guys are comfortable hearing, then continue hearing this part. Um, I had a very, very bad relationship with food. I remember, I love food. I think food is something that is, it's comforting. It's just, it's my source of happiness. But I remember I would, in high school, I would be, there'd be days I don't eat. And then there'd be days I eat like the end of the world. And then there'd be days I forced myself to vomit. And there'd be days that I kind of like forced myself to eat something, rechew it, and then eat it again. And then there'd be days where I kind of like calculate my calories intake. And I force myself to burn off that exact number of calories before I go to bed. That cycle of just... What I just described there is a lot of different types of eating disorders that you can read on our website, on our infographics. We do display all this information. Um, I will save all the medical terminologies for now, just you know, skip the confusion. But that's a mixture of many eating disorders. I wouldn't, I didn't tell anyone. Um, yeah, so so that was my entire high school years. I hated everything. I remember I hated every single moment of it. Going into college, now that I'm away from my mom, away from my parents, um, I still have that you know complicated relationship with food. It's still there. But now the source of comments is no longer my parents, 
the source of comments are now from the male population in college. I dorm with very, very beautiful people who are both athletic, beautiful looking and hot bodies. And I, I did not know how to deal with that. So what I did, this is honestly terrible. What I did was I would go get food. And I remember I would bring food back to the dorm so that I would watch my roommates eat instead of me eating. And that's how I fed myself through the first year. I thought, okay, if my friends, these beautiful looking human beings are eating, then I will feel less guilty eating. And when they don't eat, I don't eat because I'm like, they're not eating and they're this beautiful and they're protecting their body. I should be doing the same thing. And I'd be starving because they're, you know, biologically, it makes, it makes sense. Their body has a different food requirement than my body. And the time they don't eat makes sense because they don't, don't feel hungry, but I should be eating because I feel hungry, but no, I'll be starving just because they're starving. And that was going on for two years. It was only until quarantine hits that things start changing for me. So quarantine hits, everyone, you know, forced to go home. I'm no longer living with beautiful looking people. I'm no longer living with, you know, athletics and people and people who just look in my eyes, God and goddess, right? I'm at home within four walls with myself and a gigantic mirror as well. Um, that's when I'm kind of like, damn, this is fucked up. This is pretty bad. Uh, and so I, the first thing I did was calories counting. I kind of like calculate the exact amount every single time I eat. And then I would do things like Chloe Ting and other stuff to burn off the same amount of calories. I did that for two months. And then the third month I gave up because it was too exhausting. I got into a huge mental breakdown just because I couldn't do it anymore. Um, I think that was when my mom really saved me. She said, okay, Nancy, if you, is this, is this how it's gonna go? You will just lose happiness in life. Like nothing will ever be about your life anymore, but everything will just be about your weight, food, and how other people think about you. So we did a little talk and I think this is when things really turned 180 for me. I went off every single social media. I, I turned off, I, I took off Instagram off my phone. I went off Facebook. I took off Twitter. I removed LinkedIn. I was off everything. I was completely off the grid for a good two months. The only thing I had was like email and messenger so I can still work and stuff, but I was off everything else. And then we make a pack that I will just walk with my mom for around an hour every day. And that was it. I was just walking with my mom and then I will eat whatever that makes me feel happy in proportion. And this is a part that I think is so important is that you need, I learn to listen to my body. I learn to listen to when my body needs food and I learn to listen to when my body does no longer want food. I think listening, the ability to know what your body wants is something that you think I thought comes natural. It did not. It's, it came with practice. And yeah, the ability to listen to your body was what got me through my eating disorder. 
It got me through my depression. It got me through, you know, mental breakdown and many other problems that come along with a bad relationship with food. And out of, you know, in September this year, like last year, actually, I went back to college. So I'm back at my dorm and I was still maintaining that ability to listen and ability to stay off social media. I still, I'm still off social media and I exercise now because I want to feel good, not look good, but feel good. Thank you for feeling comfortable enough to share that with us, Nancy. I feel like, you know, hearing your story, it really makes me realize like so much of this does not come naturally. And it is like, it is such a long journey. It doesn't happen overnight. And even when you put in so much work, it's, it's like always like an up and down, up and down all the time. But, but I'm really glad now that, you know, you have a good relationship with food and everything you said is so true. Like eating in proportion and listening to your body. I feel like this is the thing that people need to hear more instead of like, you know, all those dieting cultures, like keto diet and intermittent fasting and this and that. I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm so tired of hearing those things. I mean, like, it's good if it works for you, but not everything works for everyone. I feel like, you know, the, the idea of like eating for what your body needs needs to be promoted way more than what it is right now. Yeah, definitely. I think when you said listen to your body, Nancy, that is so important, like so important. I used to also calorie count a lot. It was really bad. I would literally only give myself 1100 calories a day. That is crazy. Your body just to function needs more calories than that. It's absolutely mental. And I think I, I slowly realized like I couldn't handle being so fatigued all the time and so tired and just uh, having headaches. And I think that's really what got me to change. But also I think last year I took a, a nutrition class in my college. And I think that was so great to hear from a specialist that eat whatever you want, just eat in moderation, listen to yourself, listen to what you need. You'll, your body will tell you when it's full and when it's hungry and you don't need to put yourself on these strict reg rigid regimens all the time. Yeah, with calorie counting, I too did that like several times throughout high school. And not only does it hurt me physically, like in regards to starving, but every time that I'm hungry, I'm consciously remembering that I'm putting myself on a diet because of my body problems that I'm discontent with my own body. And so when I put myself on like these calorie counting apps and putting in my meals for the day and everything, the entire period, not only am I hungry, but I'm also sad. And it just hurts. It just hurts my mood. It just brings down the mood. And I wouldn't say I'm, I feel like depressed is a very strong word that I wouldn't want to use, but it just, lowers my spirits immensely and because at that time like I'm only thinking of my body for the, those days that I'm on the calorie counter but when I start eating what I want and eating in proportion then just for me now food is like a source of happiness it gives me so much energy and it also reminds me of how much I've grown since like the years before and how I used to not eat as like 
kind of starve myself before then. And so now that I'm eating what I want to eat, it just makes me so much more happier. And I have so much more energy compared to before. I remember something that someone said to me, um, everybody is sexy. Everybody is good looking. It's the confidence that comes, that makes it sexy and makes it good looking. I learned now that everybody is sexy. It's just unique it's just so sad but even when I say you need right that, that the way that we say you need to I want to emphasize one thing the process and the journey to this realization was not easy like if you are listening to this podcast and you think Nancy Anushka Sali Shafali you guys are talking about this as if it's a piece of cake I want to re-emphasize that this is not a piece of cake. It takes some courage. It takes a lot of pain and tears and time. You know, a lot of just girls talk, a lot of like comfort, a lot of like sleeping over to be able to love yourself and love your body. So by all means, I want to say that take your time is what I'm trying to say. It's going to be forever an ongoing journey. And, you know, be honest about it. If you're comfortable, be open about it. Because when you're open about it, you realize so many people around you are suffering from the same problem. And having a community that can talk about these issues openly will be very beneficial for you. Thank you for that, Nancy. I think to end this podcast, I want to ask all of you guys one thing. If you had one piece of advice, you know, that you had to share with the people listening right now, what would it be? Um, I would say that my one piece of advice is overall mindset should be this body is precious. This body is yours. It was created from a combination of different genetics and biological factors and years and years of hard work of not only your parents, but yourself. And you're created in this specific body shape for a specific reason. Like no other people on earth will have this exact combination of genetics that can create this, this perfect exact body shape. And if you don't like it, then too bad because no one else is going to have this exact body type. So, you know, think about all the universal combination of things that can create this unique body type for you. And think about the fact that only you can have this one body. And learning to love it will be hard, but I think learning to love it is going to be something that is memorable and something that's worth a try. I think for me, I would say if you're struggling, one of the most helpful things that helped me is to take time by yourself and just not not cut people out, but it's just that you need to be able to form your own opinions of yourself rather than have other people affect your own opinion of yourself and how you perceive your body. Because I think for a lot of us, how we perceive our body is how we it's by comparing, comparing our bodies to other people. And the best way to do it is to just cut off social media. I think social media is very toxic just because of 
all like we don't realize all the editing that goes on everywhere and we just unconsciously end up comparing ourselves to them but when we cut that off and we only think about ourselves and not think of others that's when our mindset can be a lot more healthier uh the biggest advice that i can give which is what i took was that wear things that make you feel beautiful wear things that make you feel comfortable wear things that make you feel pretty do things that are make you feel comfortable beautiful and pretty focus on yourself and what makes you feel the best the most confident version of yourself and i think like nancy kept saying it takes time it'll take time and it's an ongoing journey but if you put in the effort to love yourself it will be so worth it yeah and i think i'll just end it off with my one piece of advice which is just appreciate the body that you have you know this is the only body that you're going to get it functions for you. We have so many organs that are working inside for us. All the fat that is on our organs is like protecting them. And it is all there for a reason. And your body is holding on to it for a reason. So just appreciate what you have and always trust, trust the process. But yeah, thank you guys so much for being so open and honest and vulnerable in this conversation. I am so glad to have talked to you guys. I feel like me myself I have such a better like view of like my own body and my body image and so much to take away from this conversation so thank you guys so much and thank you to everyone listening